This morning, God's Word comes to us from Romans chapter 6. Romans 6, we're going to be reading just the first 14 verses of this chapter. Romans 6, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, our series on the uh, application of salvation is nearing a close. Um, We have looked at a number of the steps in the Ordo Salutis, and we have seen that some of those steps uh, have a similarity to each other. Uh, We talked last time about a similarity between justification and adoption. Both dealt with a change in our status. Justification, a change in our status before the law. Adoption, a change in our status with regard to our relationship to God. This morning, we look at sanctification. And we see that it has some similarities to regeneration. Now, we talked about that quite a few weeks ago. Uh, Regeneration was not only a change of status, but a real change worked in us by the Holy Spirit. We were brought from death to life, born again. 
by the power of the Spirit. A real change took place. And so it is with sanctification. We're going to talk this morning about a real change that takes place in us. Not simply a change of status, but a change in the way we think, a change in the way that we act, worked in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Sanctification is connected with holiness and the call to holiness. Now, I know that there are some texts in Scripture that that seem to talk about sanctification as a completed event. We could look at a text like uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, Paul writes the church there, and he says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, to those who have been sanctified, as if sanctification was a completed action. And there is a sense that uh, the Scripture uses the the sense of definitive sanctification. What we're going to focus on this morning is not that completed action, but the ongoing action and the ongoing call to live a sanctified holy life. In fact, in this same verse, uh, Paul says they are sanctified and they are called to be saints. There is this ongoing sense of a calling to live in a way that pursues the things of God. Uh, Sanctification is one of the most, I would say, um, active steps in the Ordo Salutis. Uh, We have seen with a number of these steps. We are completely passive. With regeneration, we are passive. With justification, we are passive. With adoption, we are passive. Uh, But sanctification calls us to actively pursue holiness in our lives. Kids, sanctification is kind of a big word. But really, it it has two parts to it. And there are two really simple parts that even you can understand. Sanctification means to say no to sin and to say yes to righteousness, to holiness. It's that simple. Sanctification is to say no to sin and to say yes to the things of God, to righteousness and to holiness. It's it's, uh, what's talked about in our Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 33. What's What's involved in this, it is the dying away of the old self and the coming to life of the new. Sanctification involves saying no to sin. That's where Paul begins in chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? Paul says we have died to sin. How can we go back and live in sin again? Now, we recognize we will struggle with sin all of our lives. It's one thing to have remaining sin live in us. It's a very different thing to have us actively living 
and pursuing after sin. Desiring it above everything else. Paul says, you've died to that. How can you live in it any longer? As a result of what God is doing in us, we, we now need to change the way we live, saying no to the ways of unrighteousness. We talked about justification a couple weeks ago now. We talked about it in terms of a, a legal declaration. Can you imagine, kids, can you imagine standing before the judge and, and you know you're guilty and he knows you're guilty and yet for the sake of someone else, he declares you to be not guilty. And then he says, and I want you not to go back to your old ways. And you say, no, I'm going to go back. I want to do that same thing again that got me brought before you. How can we live in it any longer? We've died to that sin. We talked last time about adoption. The glorious apex of our privilege. God the Father makes us His own and then calls us to live as His children. Can you imagine saying to God, no, I'm going to go back, go back to my old ways again. I'm going to dwell in that sin. God calls us. He calls us to change to a holy living, saying no to sin, because our sin is an offense against Him. Uh, our sin is not that which would make us lose our status, like our own children. Parents, you know that, that when your children do things that uh, uh, are offensive, that are sins against you or against God, uh, they don't stop being your children. Their status hasn't changed. They're still your kids. But kids, you know that disobedience makes parents very angry. And so it is with God. We, we have to say no to sin. We can't go back to those sinful ways. It makes God angry, terribly angry about the sins that we commit. He says in verse 6, We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So he would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. No longer enslaved. We have been freed from the dominion of sin, from the mastery of sin. That's what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. How can we go back to those old ways again? It is to say no to sin. Verse 12. Do not let sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Do not let sin reign in you. You've been released from that. You've been freed from its domination. Present yourself to God. Sanctification is saying no to sin. It is saying yes to the ways of holiness and righteousness. What does Paul say in verse 4? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We might walk in new ways in holy ways, in righteous ways. 
we say yes to the ways of holiness. Verse 8, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Verse 13, do not present your members as instruments for unrighteous, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Present yourself to God as instruments for righteousness to be used for his honor, to be used for his glory, saying no to the ways of sin, saying yes to the ways of holiness and righteousness. This is our call in sanctification. And it's not as if we have to finish one before we do the other. These two things go on hand in hand. In fact, they reinforce each other. The more we say no to the ways of sin, the more we want to be drawn closer to God. And the more we're drawn closer to God, we're going to want to live in the ways of righteousness. It's an ongoing, ongoing work of God in our lives. Saying no to sin. Saying yes to holiness. Now, sanctification is something, it's a change uh, that takes place in our actions, but it's a change that takes place in us because God is at work in us. I think of a text like uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. God is the agent of that sanctification. God is the agent of that change. Were that not the case, we would have no hope to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. We see how little we pursue righteousness, even as it is. And left to myself, I wouldn't pursue it at all. No, but God is at work. He is at work in us by the power of His Spirit. Sanctification is not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing wrought in us by the Holy Spirit of God. And so when we find ourselves in our lives uh, facing choices of, of being tempted to go into sin, and, and we, we recognize this is not the way to go, this is not the path we could take, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in us, encouraging us to say no to sin. Do not ignore that, that movement of the Spirit. Do not ignore that, that calling of God to pursue righteousness instead. God is at work in us, changing us, changing the way that we think, changing the choices that we make. We don't trust ourselves. It's not, we don't trust our own conscience. Even my conscience is fallen and sinful. No, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in me that calls me to, to walk in a way that's pleasing to God, to pursue sanctification. It's not our will. It's not our might not our strength. We are completely dependent on God for His work in us. And so, so we, our prayer is, God, continue that work. Continue to work in us and give us that desire to say no to the ways of sin, to say yes to the paths of righteousness. 
And God does work, and he restrains us. And even that restraint of sin is a blessing we receive from him. And all of this because, because we have been united with Christ, united with him in his death and resurrection. Paul uses that language to describe the change that takes place. Verse 3, he says, Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried there with him, therefore with him by baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. We are linked with Christ in his death and resurrection. Verse 5, for we have been united with him in a death like his. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Because we are united to Christ, God's Spirit works in us. From verse 9, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We have been united with Christ. And therefore a change takes place. God is at work within us. And God continues to call his own to be united to him. He continues to call out this morning. If you're going to try to, to make yourself uh, righteous and holy, you're going to try on your own uh, accord to say no to sin and yes to righteousness, you will fail. No, only being united to Christ. And so God calls you this morning to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ for the fullness of your salvation for the fullness of, of that change of status and justification and an actual change that takes place in our lives through the process of sanctification. Yes, God is the divine agent of the change that takes place. But the change takes place in us. We are those who are called to be sanctified. We are those who are called to be holy. Now, I didn't do an exhaustive search, but I could not remember any text that commands us to be regenerate. I could not think of any text that commands us to be justified. I couldn't think of any text that commands us to be adopted. But there are many texts that command us to be holy. Be holy as I am holy, says God. That, that change that takes place at the, by the power of God is enacted in us, and we are to do that which God calls us to do. It's a change that takes place in us, and we're called to change. I think probably one of the, the best texts that, that fleshes that out for us is in Philippians chapter 2 where Paul says in Philippians 2, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, 
both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Paul says, work out your salvation. He is not talking about justification. That belongs to God alone. He's talking about sanctification because God's at work in you. In that way, it's similar to faith. We said faith is a gift from God, but it's our faith. We are called to believe. And sanctification is a God-wrought change, but it's a change we have to, to live out in our lives as we pursue after holiness. Of course, to pursue holiness, we must have a knowledge of holiness, a knowledge of what God desires of us. We learn that through an intake of the Word of God. We learn that by gathering together for worship, hearing God speak to us in His holy, holy word, being reminded of what He has done, taking away all of our sins, and being called to pursue after righteousness. We learn about that in the Sunday education we have. We're again excited about next week beginning our education classes in Sunday school and in catechism and the various Bible studies to be instructed in the Word of God. And that word, that word must then be applied to our lives, an application of the Word of God in every area of our life. And that's why I find it so appropriate to, to preach on sanctification on a Sunday that we talk about Christian education. That's what Christian education does. It applies the Word of God to every area of our lives. A, 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 a Christian school is not one that simply takes all the regular classes and adds a Bible class to it. No, a Christian school is one that sees the Word of God as normative for all of our study. And in every classroom, God's Word is applied. Whether that is in mathematics and we see the order and the structure God has laid in creation. Whether that's in the sciences, whether that's in history, as we see God working His plan out. Every part of our education instructed under the kingship, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the blessing. That's the beauty of a, of a Christian day school education, whether that's at the kindergarten level or the high school level or the college level or even the graduate level. Seeing the kingship of Christ, that we might apply God's word not only on Sunday in church, not only in our devotional life, but in every part of our life, in our homes, in our vocation, even in our recreation. A holiness, a change that takes place because of who God is and what He has done. And God, being so gracious, when we feel too weak, to have that change continue to take place, God himself strengthens us. And we have evidence of that this morning. Strengthened not only by the declaration of his word, but strengthened in the sacrament. Strengthened by the bread 
and the wine, even as these things strengthen us physically, so we are spiritually strengthened by the body and blood of Christ because of our link with Him, spiritually strengthened, that we might live in a way that brings glory to God. His provision to sanctification, even as He calls us to sanctification because we have been united to Christ. Now now we work out the implications of what that means as the power of God by His Holy Spirit works in us, saying no, kids, to the ways of sin, saying yes to the ways of God, and, and recognizing God's work, recognizing what He has done, taking advantage of the strength He gives to us. Every day and in every way living in a way that brings glory to him. Let us join together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your work of sanctification in our lives. We know that if this work was left to us, we would fail, we wouldn't even begin. And yet you have, by the power of your Holy Spirit, worked in us. And you move us to to a greater devotion to you. Lord God, help us to respond to that. Help us in every part of our life to say no to sin, not to dwell in it any longer. And help us, O God, by the power of your Spirit to say yes to holiness and yes to righteousness. And in all of this, O God, we do not take credit to ourselves, but we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. Hear us, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We have now the privilege of coming to the Lord's table in the back of the praise book on page.